If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Yes, Ian. That's the enthusiasm we need for the CU podcast for Tuesday, July 17th, 2018. Let's just do the whole Predator film. It basically has all the Little Richard stuff. Hey, we got the razor right here. I can just start dry shaving. Yes, let's not do that. (laughs) We're proud to be partnering with Dollar Shave Club, Ian. We are. Um, I can still dry shave. Ian, what are we talking about in the podcast this week? talking about video games at airports aeropuertos <laughs> uh we're going to be talking about that uh we're going to be talking about alien colonial marines and how a typo may have taken down the ai the uncharted fan film um, high returns to the flea market flea markets that's really interesting flea markets and um flea someone's selling off their story inventory return of a scumbag sub of the week we have the patreon q a poll and another q a flea um, markets are you trying to like put some thoughts in my head? Flea market, subliminal messaging to me right now. I don't but know why the word markets we have, sounds amusing? But we have uh, we have Comic Con coming up. I'm uh, fairly excited for that. It's, it's gonna be my eleventh one. Two thousand eight was my first one. So that's, this makes this year eleven. I don't think um, you're that excited. No, I'm not. There you so go. I said fairly excited. It's just that the timing this year is getting just worse and worse in terms of what's going on. Um, thank God we don't record on Wednesdays anymore because then it really draws it out of me to, to get it going and skip it Thursday. But I'm skipping Thursday this year. I'm probably going to do Friday, Saturday, and part of Sunday. But Frank's not going this year. He didn't go last year, so that sort of the zest is out there. He wants me to pick up though the um, the DC collection of a uh, Doctor Fate, the Golden Age Doctor Fate, like the first you know the DC archives, whatever the hell it's called, you know the color ones. So I'll be doing that. Other than that, I'll be looking and wondering if I'm going to buy Amazing Fantasy 15 finally, or or have it go up three thousand dollars every year till I'm dead. So that'll be fun, and uh, maybe I'll check out a panel. We'll see. Nice. I'm going to go for Friday, hang out with Vani. That's the one day Friday Con that Friday. she doesn't have to be at her booth. Going to Comic Con on Friday. Uh, yep. And uh, I don't know. I might go part of Saturday. I don't know. Other than that, that's probably it for me this year. Well, we got to hang out with our pals. P- Pixel Dan will be there. Uh, Andre should be there. Uh, I mean, it should be there. Andre's taking over Comic-Con. He does stuff for sci-fi. He has his own meetup with another YouTuber one of the days. And Andre's all busy. He's Mr. Comic-Con. You know, he is. He's like Mr. Com- Mr. Comic-Con. That's right. Uh, I, I saw Ant-Man and the Wasp. I still needed to see it. Um, it was It was good. It was good. It was. Uh, it's good that it gets the origin stuff out of the way for the second film. We're off and running. There you go. Uh, it was great to have uh, Michael Douglas, Michelle Pfeiffer there. Um, you had Lawrence Fishburne. Who I forgot was in that movie till I saw it. And I'm like, oh, Lawrence Fishburne's in there. And it's, it's not giving away too much. It's because uh, it's in the trailer. But he plays. They sort of reference like a C grade Marvel hero, Goliath, that Lawrence Fishburne was kind of back in the. I like that they divide it up like they have like 60s. 
seventies heroes and now the modern day. But mm-hmm. it's always rough when you have you know aging going back to you know an actual time period because then people die and then what do you do about the current folks? But either way, Lawrence Fishburne was Goliath, I guess, who and was killed off in uh, spoilers in Civil War by by Clone Thor, which fucked Civil War storyline in the in the ear. But anyway, um, but no, he was good in that. The villain was good. I forget the actress's name. Um, and then you had that the slimy southerner villain was always who's played by that character actor that was in Justified. He's always good and stuff. Oh, I fucking love Justified. But the the, the guy who plays the villain that he's in this too. Which 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 villain though? There's so many good villains. The in main Justified. the main one. The main one. Uh, there's like six seasons. The main one that was there the whole time. That was. I, well, I haven't seen it. I haven't, sh- I, haven't, I haven't gotten gone through all. I mean, I'm, on, oh I'm at gosh. the end of season two. The, the main one that was there from the first episode on. Bo Crowder is that his name? Walton Goggins. Uh, yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, the main one. <laughs> Walton. Yeah, he was. He's always a good. Uh, he always plays a good slimy villain, as he does here. And then of course Paul Rudd is great. Uh, was it Evangeline Lilly uh, is Wasp? She's great in it. Michelle Pfeiffer is good as the original Wasp. I'm not doing any spoilers. It's kind of known. And uh, no, it was it was it was a fun time. And it was good, to, you know, after the huge movie to have a smaller, more self-contained movie that seems like it takes place within like a like a day and a half. A little snack, a yeah, four yes. piece, a four piece nuggets. Oh, sure, honey mustard on the side. Okay, for, for little waspy honey mustard. I didn't go with that reference but okay i didn't look at it like that how about a sorbet it was a, it was a, a palate cleanser i want uh, fried chicken until we get <laughs> get what you want you know, finish the podcast first i'll buy you wendy's <laughs> but it's because like, we only have like two announced movies and then no more movies that are that marvel's doing because we have that fox thing that still has to get done then we can announce 45 x-men movies you know, but we'll see what happens. So anyway, other than that, we have the Mario Marathon coming up for a good cause. Charles Plays Charity. That's uh, this, uh, Friday the 20th. Uh, good folks for a good cause. I think they're playing through Mario Odyssey and doing that. And they're getting all the moons and all, all that good stuff. All the moons. So usually they play a the bunch of other different games this time. They're going to do Odyssey. Support the hell out of them. They always raise a bunch they of... They raise like, a lot of money. They raise a bunch of that cash for they're, the good charities. They're good folks there. Good folks, as far as I know. They haven't, like, slapped a kitten lately, as far as I know. So, uh, yeah, that's what's going on. Anything else before we dive into the CU podcast here? Yeah, I've... Have you slapped um, a kitten lately? I've been, uh... It's real exciting. Um, I've been playing Fortnite. <laughs> well, we are the official Battle Royale slash Fortnite I, Exactly. Podcast. I just want everyone I to know... I installed it! I just want everyone to know that I'm keeping up on it. Um, I'm doing real great. Still yeah. haven't won a game yet getting real close what's the closest you've gotten uh 30th uh fifth place okay i don't i don't it, when i when i actually play i don't you fall, try to hide you try to like hide in a corner I, I don't i don't fall much below 30th if i play solo 25th how quickly 30th. do those first 50 deaths go is it like it depends man. but i would say that the first 25 are like you you it's just bad luck you drop down there's guys around you with weapons they start just firing on you you're dead there's the risk reward as to where you want to land in like a heavy like a like a area that everyone's gonna go to for weapons, or if you just want to hide. Anyways, we're not talking about Fortnite anymore. I was just I was Fortnite. I was playing a lot of it last night. Okay, well, uh, it's good stuff. Speaking of online gaming, Ian. Yeah. Now, if you go to DFW Airport, you can relax and play video games, which I think is interesting. So it's a. Uh, it's, it's called Gameway. Founder Jordan Walbridge said, Airports are a very boring place. You're trapped there and you have nowhere to go. And oftentimes you have nothing to do. 
So the Gameways is going to be, it, it's, it, it looks like a really fancy like multiplayer like lounge. You have nice, comfortable chairs. You have big, big uh, monitors that look like they're like 36 inches. They're big. They are, I think they're 40-something inches, actually. They actually mention it. Oh, 40, 42. 43-inch 4K TVs. 42-inch, according to this. It's going to be so. This gameway is going to be open uh, 5 a.m. to 10 p.m. every day at Gate 42 in Terminal B and Gate 16 in Terminal E. Dallas is one of the biggest airports in the U.S. I think it is the biggest airport in the U.S. It's a major hub. Uh, we're always looking to bring ways to bring entertainment to into an airport. Walbridge says we looked in the demographics of who's a video gamer, and according to our sources, half of Americans. That's a funny thing. Half our Americans play video games at least eight hours a week or more, and, and of that half of the people who play video games, the average. Age of a male gamer is 35, and the average age of a female gamer is in her mid 40s. All right, um, passengers can pay either 42 cents per minute or 20 dollars for unlimited play. Okay, here's the games offered. Ian, you ready? Right, there's a mix of single player and multiplayer titles okay. in here. We got Fortnite, FIFA 18, Dead Rising 4. Call of Duty World War II, Battlefield 1, Forza Horizon 3, Halo the Master Chief Collection, Injustice 2, Lego Marvel Super Heroes 2, NBA 2K18, Star Wars Battlefront 2, Overwatch, Plants vs. Zombies, Monster Hunter World, Rise of the Tomb Raider, Minecraft, State of Decay 2, Rocket League, and Madden 18. It's a decent variety of stuff. That's going to cover most of your bases. You got a little sports, you got a little racing, you got all your first person shooters for multiplayer action, you have Minecraft for the kitties. Plants vs. Zombies, which I'm not sure why it's playing her phone, but whatever. Uh, it is what it is. I think it probably means uh, the Garden Warfare. Oh, is that I would, like I would guess. Beast up version? Um, it's, the, it's, the, it's the shooter version. Guests will be able to log into their accounts. That makes sense. Each, this is according to uh, the Dallas Observer. Each lounge has leather chairs, noise cancellation headphones, and places to charge phones. And it's a 43-inch 4K TV. It said 42 earlier. Usually they're 42 inches, so I don't know why they would have that be different there. Um, so, okay. What are your initial thoughts on something like this? My initial thoughts are that I, I, I don't know. Video games now are a bit more in depth, I think, than something that would be played in a short burst like that. Sure. Um, I think something like, say, uh, Fortnite... Or something online like Call of Duty World War II, um, even a quick couple of rounds of something like Injustice 2. There, there's there's some of these games on here um, that I think would would lend themselves decently to the to the idea, um, especially if you can log in with you know your um, your accounts, find someone online to play. But with the minute by minute structure. I don't see that being worth anything because it, you have to log in, you have to sign on, you have to find the game. So you're wait, you're you're spending money just to find a game to play first, and then honestly, how much time do people generally have in an airport to play play games? That's Most people don't question. go to airports with the idea of spending a long amount of time. Most people, especially if you fly quite a bit get there with maybe half an hour to kill beforehand uh, and most people will do that to you know spend that half an hour getting food getting drinks hitting the restroom and a lot of people carry a portable game device or something on their phone or have a laptop i'm not i'm not it, it, it 
There's no problem with with accoutrements here. It looks like they looks fun. Looks, it, I mean, it, it looks, it, I mean, it looks like it's comfortable. Looks like they went with a quality setup, but I just don't well, see there being a market for it. Well, they have a spray for the mice and keyboards uh, in between use. That'd be probably good. Of course, it looks like looks like there's headsets there too. Um, so the break-even point at forty-two cents a minute is, is using Pat Myth. It's just under forty-eight minutes versus twenty dollars. So that's where it's. That's why they probably pick twenty bucks. It's like, well, most people probably won't be using this for that long. Sure. Which goes to your point about when you go to an airport. How much free time do you have when you're first going to an airport? Um, two hours at most, an hour and a half if you're rushed. I've gotten there with forty-five minutes to spare and been fine, but. I don't know if you have the time to get you go through the security. That can be kind of stressful. You find your gate. Okay, found my gate. Now I got to go to this fucking gaming lounge, put my credit card in, log in, have enough fun in a certain amount of time, but also not make sure I don't have too much fun or I keep tracking my flight time so I can get back because it's noise-canceling headphones. You're not going to hear anything through them right. about announcements. So... This is going to be a limited number of people, I think, that are going to be able to take advantage of this. And then on, layo- on, on layovers, most layovers that I do on, on when I do transfers are less than two hours. Sure. On most of my two hours, sometimes they're only an hour. They're so usually like an that. hour unless you get shafted, and then it's yeah four or five hours. But I don't see it as being an ideal... And the fact that they're done at 10 p.m., if you're screwed and you have to stay overnight, then I, I can't yes. use this service anyway. So that's you what know. I was, was going to say that... So, I don't see it as a particularly relaxing environment to enjoy games, even if you have an hour to kill. How, you, like you said, you have to like log into your account, find a game, get in there, pay. You're talking five, ten minutes, you know, to get situated and relaxed. Then what? You have a half hour to do gaming. Yeah, and is that worth twenty bucks? Or if you do 40 cents, 42 cents a minute, that's like 15 bucks. And I'm crazy, but noise-canceling headphones while I'm trying to game with my bag, with probably some sort of carry-on on me, while I, I, it just doesn't sound all that pleasant. It, um, and then I was going to say, which you brought up, the one instance where I could see this being really useful is I got stuck in airports for, Jesus, 20, 24, over 24 hours a couple weeks ago coming back from too many games. Now, I always pack stuff with me, so I would have probably been fine, but that's an example of a situation where I might have wanted to use something like that, but if it closes at 10... What's the point? Just get on your Nintendo Switch, go to a hotel, get on the Wi-Fi, or whatever. You might be able to game with someone or just play a single-player game. Yeah. I think this is limited appeal. Very limited. I, I And just getting in terms of how it looks, it's strange because they want to have... You know, if you look at there's a lot of room between the desks. The desk is um, two different tiered levels. Uh, I can't see in the picture where someone's using a mouse or keyboard, but... Well, it's all Xbox 360. It's all Xbox oh, it is? One. Oh, okay. yeah, they mentioned that there. It's all Xbox One. There's, and that's uh, another thing as well. Right, it's I'm turned off. With, <laughs> well, well, I guess that makes it easier, though. Well, it, it probably makes that's it easier. That's even more limited people, though, because you're playing games that you don't have an account for if you don't have an Xbox One. It, it may... So, that's going to happen probably with any system, but to not go with something that's a bit more popular, a bit more broad seems odd and the reasoning for picking it is I remember playing a lot of Xbox in the military people like what they like because of you were in the military? no that's what it says um, 
I think a lot of people like the modern day system they like because it's what their friends play, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that's what the market is mostly using. However, I I mean, if Microsoft had come in and said, hey, we can offer you a deal on this, I get it. You don't want to have a mix of consoles. That's 100% certain. I would want PC. You you really don't. Um, But PC, yeah, probably would have been the better way to go. Plus, if you get a... get nicer PCs going forward, it, it doesn't make it look immediately outdated as soon as a new console comes out. I understand uh, on the startup, it's a lot cheaper doing the consoles, but in terms of the broad appeal, you know, you want to hit as many people as possible. Because if I see this, if I'm a big Fortnite player and I'm a PC player, I'm not going to play the Xbox version if, I, if I'm not used to it. Yeah. I'm going to log in and what, ruin my stats? I get used to the joystick and I'm not going to bother with that. So, um, oh, that kind of throws a wrinkle in things. I guess, yeah, Game Boy has the symbol like, as a controller. I'm an idiot. I didn't read that part of the article or notice the uh, the logo like that. So I think this is going to be, they're going to try this out. They're going to try to expand according to the article. They're going to try to go to, uh, we have a global vision, Walbridge says. We'd, we'd love to expand to the London Airport, Hong Kong, Beijing, or Dubai. These are big goals that we have, and it starts at DFW showing that this concept works. I don't know if the concept is going to show to work. I guess we'll have to see, you know. Yeah, after and, and like you said, what do, what do you do then? You know, a year from now, when the Xbox One Two Punch console comes out, or whatever the new one is in a couple of years, they're gonna have to go and upgrade every single one and every single facility. You know, yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting. Well, we'll see. Best of luck to them. Um, I mean, for an I, for an airport, it almost seems like you know it might be the one place where an arcade would actually work wow. again. Just How about because arcades and airports? I have you know I have fifteen minutes to spare. That's a fucking good point, Ian. Let me let me play two rounds of pinball and get a beer. Let's Shark Tank the fuck out of that. Let's get that going. <laughs> Let's get barcades in airports. Why hasn't anyone done that? Ian, have you checked out that Uncharted fan film starring Nathan Fillion? I did. I did see it, um, and it was quite good. I don't know a whole lot about the Uncharted series. I really don't, but it involves uh, some less than less than pleased folks uh, approaching him. He's been uh, he's been captured, and he's in a um, he's in a mansion, and they're looking for a uh, a, a bracelet that he he took and uh basically they interrogate him uh, they have a guy named el tigra spoilers by the way yeah I, I mean it's a 14 minute fan film i mean you'll live um he comes out does the interrogation there's an escape there's lots of funny quips there's lots of funny quips um a little bit of action but honestly not as much as you would think which was nice they focused kind of on the characters uh, it sets up a little bit Stephen of Stephen Lang is in it. Yes, Stephen Lang is in it. Uh, it sets up a little bit of a mystery involving Magellan and uh, treasure at yes, the end. It sets up another scene. Yep. And uh, like a lot of these fan films, well, I don't want to say a lot of them, but like a select few of these, it actually ends up being very, very good. Well, everyone's already said Nathan Fillion should have been yes. starring as him in a, in a movie. Now yeah. he's a little bit too old, unfortunately. He's like mid to late forties uh, to do the role. But everyone always said this would be the dream guy. This is who he's kind of patterned after Nathan Drake, Nathan Fillion. Is it a coincidence that the same first name? But I don't think it is. But he's wisecracking. He's adventurous. You go back and watch Firefly. Nathan Fillion's character is sort of like yeah. that. So it always made sense for one to do everyone to do that. So this was even Nathan Fillion said that I, I finally got to scratch that itch because Nathan Fillion wanted to play this character, and this is, could be the only way you can possibly uh, do that. You know, so um, 
it was i saw one comment comment was perfect that it said this was shot like a usa show and it absolutely is right it looks like an episode of burn notice yes absolutely <laughs> and I'm, I'm a huge burn notice fan but it has that just good enough but still cheap look to it like good enough it's better than sci-fi level it does. but it's not amc level it's like usa which is fine it absolutely does look like USA you got people TV. getting sh- you got people getting shot but no blood you know what i mean like it's it's usa like you, like Burnos had some had some violence going on, but it wasn't like graphic violence. Even though everyone got shot and you know people were punched, so it was just fine. Again, it was fine. It was very well shot. Um, the fact that it was the, very video gamey too, in the uh, the gun the gun action sequence. Yes, that was a, that was yeah, direct homage. Uh, yes, it's a third person, very shooter. much third person. It follows him. <laughs> it, was, it was he does even you know the wrap around the corner shot in that. And uh, for a fan film, I didn't read all the details how how the director uh, got Nathan Fillion and. Stephen Lang, who are big-time Hollywood actors, uh, to do this. Uh, and by the way, yeah, I always forget that Tom Holland was announced to be Nathan Drake in like a prequel or younger version. Everyone's like, what the fuck are you doing? It's supposed to be a man, not some kid as Nathan Drake. You know, it's like, <laughs> what, like, what, like what are you doing here? Just because Tomb Raider goes for a prequel doesn't mean that they have to here. Uh, so, th- to, to me, this would be great. Because I still think, yeah, he's probably a little bit too old to do this. He even says just like old times before he starts shooting. You know, he would have been in his prime to do this like 10 years ago. I still think you could do something with this. I still think you can make like a USA-type series. Because that was basically what this was. This was like a short pilot for a, a show that you could probably do. I like the old action movie hero thing. Like, the the, the old hero in action movies thing is what i'm saying i think he could do it i mean yeah indiana jones just or he's just, just a little yeah. bit older yeah. he's not exactly but he can still pull it off and still yeah you know, that was probably the most unrealistic thing is that he's keeping up throwing punches with like these guys 15 20 years younger than him <laughs> doing yes. kicks and things but yeah, it is what it is you're you're along for the ride um Fillion said on instagram this is something I, i've i've wanted to do but more importantly something i've wanted to see for a long time if you've ever pinned a towel around your neck for a cape or donned a fedora and nearly put your eye out with a homemade whip, this is for you. Thank you, Alan Unger, who's the director, for letting us all scratch his ish. Thank you, Naughty Dog, for creating such a wonderful archetype. Now, I don't think Naughty Dog was involved with this, but you know they, they've been wanting to get a movie going for years, and this probably would spur it on. I would love, though, to see like a, a Netflix series with these folks in it and do something like this. Oh, sure. <laughs> or USA This was shot like a USA show. <laughs> I'm sorry, you gotta watch. If you've watched Burn Notice, it's shot exactly. It has the same sort of action beats as like Burn Notice, the same angles, the same non blood somehow, even though people are getting shot in the face. Yeah, I, I, I've seen a little bit of Burn Notice. So. Yeah, they, they can get it's like It's like PG 13, but a lot of action going on on there. Yeah, this was not endorsed or authorized by Sony or Naughty Dog. So I'm glad they didn't shut it down, though. They must have known this was happening. It must have known there was word of this happening. You would think. I haven't seen any of the uh, stuff that Alan Unger's done before, but the name is familiar. Is it really? Uh, decoy, gridlocked, Johnny Two Guns. Do you, you, do you think this could maybe change your mind about a Tom Holland movie? Maybe we'll, maybe we'll get Nathan Fillion to do one? or No. No, so? I don't think so. Even though the reaction to this is, is, is going to be huge? It's got like a million and a half views in a day. Yeah. No, they don't care. They want Tom Holland. They're not going to be like... They want a 17-year-old world explorer. They're not going to fire the boy. No, but they always can cancel the project. They don't have to pay him if they don't start filming it. Yeah. I mean, I I, I just don't think that that's going to change a whole lot. That's a shame. Because I I did enjoy that for what it was. And I don't know what sort of connections they have to get it together to get, like, major actors. But 
they, they, he pulled it off the director good it for was, you it Alan was fun Hunter. to watch it was fun to watch uh, Ernie Reyes Jr. as El Tigre that was Ernie Reyes Jr. yes okay. holy shit no wonder he looked familiar yeah Jesus he was a short kid in all those, those, those 80s and 90s stuff where he's doing martial arts that was Ernie Reyes Jr. as I, I El Tigre like, I knew he looked fucking familiar <laughs> look all I did was type in E-R-N-I and it auto-filled to Ernie Reyes Jr. Well, I do a lot of searches I'm using my laptop <laughs> I do a lot of Ernie Reyes Jr. searches yep. alright that, that was fun times there uh, good, good, good on everyone involved there for doing that. Uh, Ian, you want to talk about aliens, colonial marines, which is interesting. Sorry, I was just looking at Ernie Reyes Jr. and his uh, his 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 turns in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles too. <laughs> um, but, but Ian, yes, did you play Aliens Colonial Marines when it came out? No, and I I did not want to because I heard it was very bad, very very bad, and the story was supposedly very very uh, weird and also bad. <laughs> oh, I didn't know the story was weird. I've never seen the previews. I mean, like this is the, the this is the game we should have always got. Oh no. The, I didn't say, I think the story was supposed to... I don't remember. I didn't play it. Um, it had gotten pretty awful reviews, uh, mostly, based, mostly based on the AI. Um, I, which, played the, I did play this at E3 that year. It was developers, devs as aliens versus marines. Uh, and, of course, they waxed us easily. Mm. Didn't help that my mouse was inverted. I fucking hate that. Ooh. Pulling back should look up, not not down. Sorry. So. So, oh yeah, that's right. No, this was, I think this story was supposed to be fairly decent. Anyways, so the game was panned um, as it was notorious for having extraordinarily bad AI. Uh, there's uh, GIFs floating around on the internet, one that was particularly popular. You a GIF? Uh, no, I mean a GIF. Um, it's a GIF. Don't really give it. GIF is peanut butter. Jiffy. That's how the creator want it to be anyway Ian go on with with your gif I just don't care um <laughs> so <laughs> there is one where he, the, the alien walks yeah, right it's past just, it yeah, literally like, walks it, past the guy yeah you're you're standing there and the alien just walks around and completely ignores you so, so awful AI it got panned without me trying to sound like I know anything about programming at all well, that's good um cause I only did it for a few years in the 2000s there, it was uh, an initialization file, I believe, that was calling on two things. Uh, one was something that had to do with tethers, basically how the artificial intelligence would work. Uh, basically, the alien knowing where players were, et cetera, et cetera, knowing basically it would tell them to um, split off or go behind the character, kind of keep them in relation to the, the player character so they would know when to flank or try to sneak around so they wouldn't all jumble in one space basically give them certain instructions Let, let's explain to our, our tech deficient people what an any file is it doesn't really matter it's an no. initialization file it's but something this, that's calling on these programs this is why it's important to know what it is it's usually in a text format yes that anyone can go in and edit well code is in a text format Jesus Christ Ian. Yeah, well I'm just saying it is but it's, a, it's a file that you can go in sometimes they even tell you you can change the settings and I'm going back to games in the 80s and 90s where it said if you want to change the setting in the game you can access it's a text pad file usually you can go in change settings in the game and it, the game references that file directly for game options so in this case though something got fucked right this wasn't one we could edit um, this was just one that was in there for the pecan engine Pecan? Pecan. Pecan. And one instance of it was spelled tether, 
and one was spelled teether with an e-a-t-h-e-r and long story short is it completely screwed it up um it ignored it as something that was not there, so it did not cause anything to crash, but it caused the AI to work uh, miserably. Basically, it caused it to not work at all as it was supposed to. This was discovered uh, in a big way because the game recently went on sale for 3 bucks, and I guess someone on uh, Reset Era was convincing people to you know, buy it and give it a, give it a whirl. Because um, at that price, you know, why not try it? And there was a patch that was released that kind of fixed a bunch of the graphical issues. So they were using that. And long story short, as they went over it, they noticed this. And when patched, the AI is notably better. Um, there's an Ars Technica article that uh, states that they actually tried to compare the first two levels unpatched and the first two levels after the patch, and there is a noticeable difference. They state that the game's still not amazing, but a lot of the issues that were brought up in reviews around the time that it was released are actually addressed by applying this this patch. So the person, this user, moddb.com user James Dickinson 963 said that when spelled correctly, tether versus teether, when spelled correctly, it controls tactical position adjustment, patrolling, and target zoning. When a Xeno is spawned, it is attached to a zone tether. The zone tells the Xeno what area it is its fighting space and where different exits are. In combat, a Xeno will be forced to switch to a new tether, such as one behind you, so as to flank or disperse so they aren't so grouped up, etc. Okay, so when fixed, it sounds like they're acting more independently and intelligently to know where the players might be going, where the players looking at and where the current zone is of the current zone. Yeah, so not having that means they're just what? Just fucking doing whatever. Right. They're just walking around like in that, that GIF. They're walking around. So, it's good that this got corrected. Five years later, this is great. And it's a fan correction, too. It so, states that um, Gearbox never updated that. The last time they touched it was July 2013, and the typo is still in there. So, why... How? Did, first of all, how did this error get out to people and not corrected? I guess that's two different questions. How do you get past QA with people playing this and realizing that the aliens are acting like idiots walking around and not attacking us when they should be and, the, and they're not acting any, with any sort of intelligence? How does that even happen for a major release? Well, I mean, there's, there's two possibilities and one that you know, we had discussed last night. I mean, one is they just didn't give a shit. They had to get it out, and they couldn't figure out where the issue was happening. Because I believe that was supposed to be a holiday launch game. and Or no, I think that was uh, spring. But either way, I believe it had been delayed already. <clears throat> Two, maybe the, maybe the code that the QA was playing and what was... You know, was correct. Pressed to gold was 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 slightly different. Maybe that typo happened after. But once it comes out and they, they realize that something's radically wrong, and that's the second question, why didn't they look into it to fix it? Time is money, I guess. They just don't... I mean, it's not really that unreasonable to think, well, they just don't care. They didn't care. And because of that, the game gets panned, and now you can get it for 9% off. You know? Yeah. But, I mean, that you know, when a game gets... It, it, I, it, this is not an excuse... But in this day and age, when a game gets panned like that, it's not going to sell. And they probably took a look at it and said, is it worth us trying to go and fix this? 
all of this damning, you know, info is out there about it. It's it, too late anyway. Why, yeah. why should we look into it? Even though it's a one second fix to tell people go in your file and change. Well, the and at that point, they didn't know what the problem was. I mean, they didn't know it was a one second fix. They had no idea. So they couldn't figure this out. Okay. You know, for whatever reason, they couldn't. And yeah, they probably just left it, left it to die. That's that's so bizarre that no programmer would have said, "I know exactly what's happening." It's not calling on the the initialization file for for that. That's what it is. I'm surprised no one ever said that in five years. Yeah, it's like, bizarre. Like, well, let's check that. That could be the simplest thing. They they look in the code. The AI is working correctly in our code, but in the any file, it's not calling on it. You know, and that's it. So I've never heard of something that fucked up from a from a typo like something like that. Like that's insane. That totally ruins the game for some people. So. All right, I still have to play the game besides getting waxed by the developers. Uh, one who knew me, by the way, it was funny, getting killed. But I was like, hey, Pat, play the game. And the fucking tail through my torso. Alien tail through my torso. Anyway, uh, anything else on this one? No, just very strange. Speaking of strange, Ian, I returned to the flea market slash swap me for the first time, I want to say about three and a half months. Did you throw a little confetti when you walked in? <laughs> <laughs> little party favors. <laughs> I miss the party favors. They, they, they spring out. Um, I don't go to the flea market as often as I used to for a variety of reasons, which I've, I've, I've told people on Twitter. Um, there's, there's, there's less to find. I don't have the energy to go as much anymore. I was doing one or two a week for like seven years. Um, and, and flea markets overall for 20 years. Got to eat your grape nuts, man. Yes. Grape nuts. Neither grapes nor nuts. What, what's the deal with grape nuts? Um, I have so much shit already, and I want to enjoy. I want a little more balance of like enjoying life now that I'm like 85 years old, you know. So I, I want. I want to, you know. So all these factors. I still. Don't, I still like going out there and, and finding stuff. Stop and smell the ARP coffee. If 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 the swap meet started at like say nine o'clock, I'd be more apt to go because seven a.m. getting there when all the deals are still there and stuff is there. That's a little tougher. But I hadn't gone since probably I want to say May, probably May. Or, or late April. So like we're talking like three months, three and a half months. Uh, so I, I go, to, I get up at eight o'clock, which is already past due getting to the swap meet. I don't get there until about eight thirty. I don't eat breakfast anymore, so it's a lot easier to just brush my teeth real quickly, grab some water, grab my ugly backpack, and go. And I will say it's probably also because I don't go even when I went the last time in April or so. I hadn't. That was like probably two or three months since I went the last time before. So now I'm only going like almost once a quarter which sounds weird I'll get back to probably like once a month at least at some point but when I went to the, to the flea market at 8.30 I can honestly say it felt different not just for the time just from the last times I've been going it felt like the mood had changed and I'm not trying to start a, like some sort of weird craze or anything that's just my flea market but it felt like it was a little more casual in a way I did not see as much of the normal people that I usually had seen that are hunting, like in the hunt for things. That goes for not just people looking for retro games. That went for people looking for like, records, uh, people that are scanning for like DVDs and CDs. At least the ones the guys I usually see didn't see them. Uh, guys that are looking for toy stuff. You do still see people doing that. I'm just saying it seemed like it was more of a hushed environment. And I know this because also because when I went at 8:30 and I was there probably till like 11, I still found good deals that I should not have found there, in my opinion, that I don't think would have been there before. So I found um, I found about nine old PC games. I don't know if you saw me tweet yeah. that out. 
from the late 80s, I got those nine PC games for like $30. I'm not saying there's a huge PC gamer market, but I was surprised I found those there still. Still, someone would have probably got at least the, the Madden. That's the first Madden game is cool to have that. I've yeah. always liked the original cover for Test Drive. Yes, yeah, so you would think that someone would at least pick those up for like five bucks each. Why not? The fact that I found it, I didn't buy it. I was tempted. I, N64, working fine, with a controller, and Mario Kart 64 for like 50 bucks. That's a pretty good deal, especially at a flea market. Yeah. That's a pretty good deal. You're basically getting a, a $30 N64 or $25 N64. What does N64, Mario N64 go for? Like 20 bucks still? No. Mario Kart 64 sells easily for 30 35 Okay, that's an awesome deal then. Yeah, that's, no, it's a, it was a damn good deal. So, okay, I should have bought it and flipped it. But anyway. So anyway, so the whole point is that was still there. No one had bought that. Someone should have bought that in the past. That would have been gone from a reseller or a collector would have gotten that or someone to flip it. That was still there. Other stuff was still there. And not killer deals, but there was like a stack of N64 games and it was Castlevania and a couple other ones that were pretty good ones, not just garbage fillers. And yeah, the guy wanted like 15, 20 each for them. But I'm sure that he could, someone could have wheeled them down if they got all of them. Absolutely. That, was, that if, was still there. If those had been sitting there since the, that morning. That was still there. And that guy, and that seller is usually there on Saturday too. So I, I, I just pieced these things together. One guy had transformer stuff. Um, he wasn't asking. They weren't dirt cheap. But the one guy had a full set of the uh, Constructicons sitting there, and he knew what they were. But he wasn't asking like a huge, huge amount. Someone should have at least, I thought, gotten those, even if they weren't getting a killer deal. Saying, "Oh, Transformers figures, you don't see them," and there were others. So the whole vibe was weird. I didn't see. Um, I'd say the peak was like three years ago when I when I t- tell you I go I see groups of like three guys to go on together and I see like eight different guys who are collectors uh, walking around looking for stuff and four or five years ago when you'd have the peak of like six or seven sellers there I'd say six was the biggest I saw when you have six sellers selling all the same games the games ogre on his chariot yes sure inside joke but anyway so um that was not there. Yes, you had you had uh, good old Wario selling stuff, and it's shrinking year by year with Wario. I feel bad now that he's selling like audio equipment on the side, trying to sell like a keyboard and like pedals. It's kind of sad in a way. I asked him how much Zombies uh, eight, uh, Neighbors was in Super Nintendo. He said like sixty bucks. So he still has you know he's still pricing stuff to, uh, to the moon. But anyway, so sixty dollars. <laughs> Yeah, what does that go for now? Thirty five. Yeah, exactly. So some things never change. The whole point is this thirty. I I think there's a weird inflection point now that we we, we 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 kind of discussed this before, where everyone became aware of these prices with smartphones and everything. We'll say 2011, 2012. People became aware of this stuff, uh, and there were more sellers I got in 2011, 2012. It kind of went up exponentially at that point, uh, in my opinion. They all rushed to the flea market. Sellers knew prices went up. Then, but I think prices got too high at the fucking flea market that sellers like me were like okay i'm not gonna get that great deal anymore i'm not gonna get the garbage bag of games for 20 bucks so we stopped going as much sellers then have less people to sell to and they're holding on to the same stuff and maybe they realize that the it's sort of uh cooled off a little bit and in retro game collecting there has been a cool off in some systems especially nes to begin with there has been a general cool off so all these factors together it creates a perfect storm of there's less interest in the flea market prices either might go down or sellers might be forced to price their stuff lower and just less interest overall at least at the flea market we might have gotten to that weird point no, I think maybe did. again this is one visit but I'm just saying I was surprised I still found that stuff there at later in the morning I, I think we've gotten there I think we probably did about a year ago a <clears throat> couple indicators at the store um, 
one major one simply being just people outright saying it. A lot of people I know don't go to the flea market anymore. They don't bother. No, they don't bother. It's all worth their time. Um, and it's not just you, but it, it's it's 100%. It's not worth their time. Um, everyone who used to go to the flea market who comes into the store, almost everyone, um, including a lot of our regulars, just don't go anymore. If they do, it's very infrequent. Um, a lot of them said they haven't been in you know a year or so. They don't go because they don't expect to find anything. Uh, sure. You know, a, you know, that's what they would say maybe a year ago. Probably because in the year prior to that, they got burned out of going to the flea market and finding nothing. Or finding shit in halfway decent shape with a, an insane price tag slapped on it. And yeah, it just caused a lot of people to trickle out. And... Um, <clears throat> No one goes. You know, a lot of people who go to the flea market now aren't looking for video games. They're looking for other stuff, just anything, anything else. But all the things that people used to try to go to the flea market for, video games, records, movies, things of that nature, people don't search for that anymore. I I, I don't feel like if you're going to be paying those sorts of prices, I think the common, the common theme is well we'll just go to the stores that sell that stuff because at least then we're not rooting through and you know we're, we don't have to we don't have to put in all the effort just to pay the prices we're yes. going to pay anywhere else i yeah, think that's t- what it came to time is money. money why am i getting up i always said why am i getting up freaking 6 30 in the morning to pay ebay prices are slightly below it doesn't make any sense no it doesn't, it it, doesn't. especially because uh, it's not like it's all presented to you in a clean easy tidy you know no. shopping fashion it's not there's there's no thrill to the hunt when what you're finding is you know the same thing you could have gone to the store and found in two minutes and again your mileage may vary you might be in, in new jersey or south carolina or wyoming and be like oh my flea market's still still weird or great i'm just telling you this is the vibe around where I'm at, and this is a very busy flea marketing area, and this is where the the behavior I've seen at the flea market has pretty much mirrored the retro gaming trends that I've seen, and I've been here nine years. They mirrored them almost exactly. The fact that there there was only there was not more than one video game seller is weird because when I first came here in 2009, there was two then two major game sellers that were always there. And then you had the small ones pop up. And there was, like I said, again, there was times where there was four or five game sellers that would be there every week for a while. And the fact that I see one there, and he's the original guy that we all know and love in the San Diego area, the fact that it was just him was kind of striking to me. That's all. The other um, thing that I've noticed through work is we used to have a number, eh, probably we had a handful of these people, and, and it wasn't always the same people. They would change. But we always had probably three to five people would come in on the weekends. They were the hardcore, um, they were the hardcore, uh, flea market goers and they would be the ones who'd really dive for, you know, the deals, anything that, and, and they knew the store, they knew what we'd pay good credit on and they would always find the stuff that they could get for cheap. And then they would trade that stuff in that they didn't need to the store for credit after any, any system, any system. So they would look at the flea market for stuff that they wanted for themselves and then they would also pick up stuff that was cheap enough that they knew that they could trade into Luna for more credit to then get stuff that they wanted at Luna. Sure. So these were people who were really, you know, figuring out the best way to make the most out of anything they found at the flea market. And uh we haven't seen stuff like that in forever. Those guys aren't around anymore. Yeah, those guys aren't around anymore. You can't you can't do that anymore. You can't make it worth your time. You can't make it happen. Um I remember the one of the last guys who was doing that 
And I, I used to like all those guys. They were all really, really nice, very, very, very kind, very easygoing on that sort of stuff. Um, but one of the guys who was who stopped coming in about six months ago and only started maybe trying to do it about a year, year and a half ago, would come in with these N64 games and he'd try to, you know, sell them or get them for credit. And, you know, even when I'd offer him, you know, good credit on a game, he'd be like, you know, what can I get for this Super Mario 64? And I'm like, well, I'll give you, or this, uh, yeah, Super Mario 64. And I'd be like, I can give you 20 in credit for it. He's like, well, I paid 20 bucks for it. I'm like, okay, well, I can give you 20 in credit for it. Like, if, you know, these people don't want to realize that, okay, if your scheme is not making you any money or profit, then it's not my fault, but it's time for you to move on to something yeah. else. Like, you can't be paying the, these exorbitant prices at a flea market. If you're getting it for 3 or $5, that's one thing. Yeah. You yep. can't, you know. I mean, the, so, they they're, are, so they're buying into the system. They're adding to the system, right? They're 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 creating the bad. problem. Screw you guys for uh, doing that. A lot, all the other ones that I, I dealt with for years, Weak. they were taking advantage of that system. Yes, but you know, you know, they knew to get out when it wasn't going to behoove them anymore. I I, I can't help you, man. If 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 you're gonna buy you're overspending to yeah, sell, if you're overspending to sell, that's not my problem. I, I think that's funny. I, I I can't help you on that. You should have negotiated better know what the value is and the traded value of something is right yeah I, I, it's it's a weird spot because now i'm like well if it, if it retracts back enough does that mean then the deals might come again i think oh, that's what i was gonna say so yeah. but i have recent sorry to bring that around and i think it, it goes back to what you're saying i have had some people state that they've gone back to the flea markets here or there recently and they have they've picked up some good ps2 titles for a lot cheaper than they should have or they've found a couple good snes titles or you know Mm -hmm. things like this they've seen stuff later in the day or stuff that they would not expect to be there laying around like you saw so maybe people are starting to push some of this stuff a little bit back out at a lower price or maybe they're more willing to negotiate and you you still have the sellers that have something like I saw a Vectrex out there for two twenty five, and um, nothing like buying a Vectrex for two twenty five on a dirty lot. Well, I, I knew the seller. He's a guy that I've known since sure. I first came here. But I mean, is that even a good deal? I don't know if that's a good deal. Vectrex is all over the place. Uh, two twenty five. Well, that's that's good according to eBay a little bit. But you know, I don't know if we're going to get back. Even if there's a retraction, I don't think we're going to get back to the, to like I bought a Vectrex. I bought two Vectrexes at the flea market since I've been here. The average price of both was probably like forty bucks. I think one I got for twenty, one I got for like forty. One that was like indented in it was like you know what I mean it was pushing the monitor. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't know if we're gonna get back to those. We, we you might a little bit depending on the product, but I think overall though the the sale days are still over. But I think the, the the tempering of the fad of physical retro game collecting once it tapers off, and I think it has been uh, for a decent amount. I think you might have sellers be a little more you know because they know who's out there they see the the, the crowds we do they know that okay there's less people that are hunting for this stuff i just got to get rid of it for money or put it on amazon or ebay and not bring it either way yeah know? but we might be coming there more sooner or later and then at that point you know maybe then i'll find another 20 dollar vectrex maybe. maybe 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 probably not but maybe all right, what do we got going on now ian do we have uh oh no ian speaking of speaking of there's no segue here ian Pat, we got a guy selling off uh, a huge lot of classic systems, some games. Um, he's asked, It's on eBay. It's seller 
Some 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 woman. Some women with some a Y. Women, women with a Y. All right. Um, Maybe a women. We don't know. Asking for a hundred and fifty thousand. And or best offer. It's a video game store that's going out of business or closing down at least, and uh, trying to get rid of everything. Um, over one hundred regular Nintendo systems. Over one hundred Super Nintendo systems. Um, I don't know. If this is, is this a physical store? They just have like an inventory they sell online. Doesn't say. Just I, says I'm selling off the last of my video a lot game of store's shit, inventory. Yeah, it's tons. Uh, and then still counting. So the inventory is only done so far as Nintendo and Super Nintendo systems. The following items I'm still counting, but I have hundreds and hundreds of. Genesis systems, Sega CD, Sega 32X, Saturns, Game Gears, Master Systems, Dreamcast, Dreamcast Sports Systems, Super Scope, Odyssey, Jaguar. I I don't think you have hundreds of those. But but hundreds overall. Pikachu Pikachu. systems. Uh, Black, orange, red, blue, green, 64s. Game Boy Pockets, oh, Colors, Arzone DS Systems, Arzone, okay. Neo Geos, 2600, 7800s, and the best system ever made, the 5200. 10 um, Robs. 10, ro- 10 Rob Robots. <laughs> 100 <laughs> Super Mario Duck Hunt games. Thousands of different games, thousands of manuals. The last photo shows cardboard boxes that measure 12 by 12 by 12. And there's a listing of individual games after that. Some, yeah. Jeez. Three Stooges with manual, Top Gun Complete. Trolls with manual. So, all right. PlayStation Virtual Kasparov in case. Wow. Wow. So, that's a lot of stuff. Um, they also say that... There's less games than consoles, which is interesting. Yes. To me. Um, that is interesting to me, because we always are lower on the consoles than we are on games. Um, Someone compiled these over... Speaking of 20 years of flea markets, that's what this seems like to me. Um I'm just sitting in the hundred Super Mario Duck Hunts here. Yeah. But what, what are your first thoughts here? Obviously, this is an exorbitant amount. But when you look at the pictures, there's some decent stuff in here. You, got, you got Box Nomads. You have Box 32X multiple. You have a Box uh, NES Challenge set. A lot of box systems here. Um, besides, the, the NES is stacked to the, to the heavens, missing doors. You know, things like that. Freaking boxed uh, super scopes. You know, there's, there's a lot of stuff. Yeah, here. I mean, it I, looks like past garage. I'd really, really have to sit down and do some math, but I, I think that that's asking far, far too much um, for everything that's involved there. However, if someone negotiates with this person and can get this stuff, um, the amount of systems that are here, I mean, it's it would be great if, I mean, for anyone who already has a successful game store chain or business with a couple of locations. Oh, you're good to go for a while. You'd be good to go. The question is, you know, what kind of price on this is actually fair? And I'm trying sure. to pull up a calculator here to do some basic calculations. Yeah, one of your phone, too. Oh, yeah. I'll just use my phone. So, just do some Ian math? Yeah, I'm going to do some quick Ian math. It's interesting. When you look at the game list, there's nothing that's, at least just scanning it, there's nothing. They're all, like, common games for the most part. Yeah, I, I mean, I I couldn't... I wouldn't even... I don't know that I'd even think about the games, honestly. You would just... Well, that's a, that's a bonus. Yeah. I mean, he, does say, I, he does say thousands of different games. There isn't a list of thousands of games, though. Well, then it also says that they're still inventorying it. So there could be many, you know, much more to come up. I, we can't discount all the games. But I'm just trying to see. He's got a, he's got a new... 
Nintendo sticker album, the one from 88 for $500 best offer. Okay, that's a little much there. Oh, there's some there's some other, I guess he's selling games separately in listings, looking at those other, there's other listings, like uh, Secret of Mana for $350. What? Why is it $350? Who knows? Is it sealed? No. Okay. It's well. a loose cartridge. Yeah. So. What the hell? A $500 blue uh, game gear. Okay. Or best offer. Okay. Now I'm starting to question what's going on here. Person's crazy. Could be. <laughs> Some women be crazy. That's what <laughs> um, So, I mean, looking through this. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think the the reality of this is that the price of this okay. is probably about a. It's probably about a sixth of this. this. Now it's now an Epic's pit stop for Atari computer, a thousand dollars or best offer. What the hell is going on here? Yeah, with these with these prices now, something's something's weird. Something weird is happening now. Now this is like a mystery now. What's going on here? Same seller is selling enamels and, and, and lapel pins and other weird stuff. Maybe this is a, just a storage unit sort of thing. Maybe. Could have stumbled on a storage uh, unit. I don't know. Uh, but that's seeing some of the individual prices don't make any sense now that I see it. Maybe that's I'm selling off less of my video game storage inventory. I mean, I, I have, have no, no idea. idea. But there's some there's some weird shit going on here. So just spitballing. What, 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 what do you think this would actually go for? Um, immediately? Like my immediate... Twenty five thousand. Yes, my immediately my immediate offer to this person without looking over anything, my immediate starting point would be like we need to be under. We there need or we close need to, to drop this into twenty five thousand, and then I will look at stuff, and then we can negotiate. And that's and that's even probably might be that's, high. I think that's quite high because if I'm buying, because I'm just thinking about what we pay for a Nintendo or a Super Nintendo to sure. start. Right, and it, then and then the fact that if I'm buying them in that quantity, I'm not paying that amount of money for a Nintendo. Then you got to clean them all. Then you got to replace the fucking uh, you know yeah. parts on them. Like like there's a stack of NESs and half of them don't have the front lids. I always wonder how that doesn't happen. It's on, it's not easy to break those off. You know. Anyway, so um, yeah. All right. Well, check out. I think it's an interesting listing. Obviously, it's it's pie in the sky pricing that would never happen. But um, yeah, ch- check it out. And if you maybe you want to do an Insta store. You got you got the consoles covered. You don't have the games. Come come to Pat's Gamerama Emporium at Castle Country. If you pick this up, for... just hit me up. Let me know what you'd want for some of those Game Boy Hot Pockets, those cheap ones that you got hundreds of. Game Boy Hot Pockets. Those hot Game Boy po- shush filled <laughs> you with. Said, you said Game Boy Hot Pockets. <laughs> hot Pockets. Stuff them with pepperoni. Skip meal planning and get straight to cooking with Blue Apron. Enjoy delicious meals that are great on the grill, like honey chipotle glazed chicken with poblano and lime rice. Add smoky depth to your dinner while enjoying the warm weather and getting those perfect grill marks. With incredible ingredients and chef-designed recipes, Blue Apron lets you see the power of what food can do. Should not do the copy while I'm going through my intermittent fasting. I haven't eaten yet. Uh, But Blue Apron is convenient. There's a ton of variety. You have uh, fresh proportioned ingredients and step-by-step recipes delivered right to your door, cooked in under 45 minutes. The menu changes every week based on what's in season. It's designed by Blue Apron's in-house culinary team. 12 new recipes each week. You can do two, three, or four recipes based upon what best fits your schedule and how hungry you absolutely are. But those are big portions, Ian. They are. Uh, lots of variety, no waste, um, easy to put together, and you do get quite a bit of food 
Oh, yes. Non-GMO ingredients and meat with no added hormones there. It, it's great. So right now, you can go and get your... You can check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free at blueapron.com slash podcast. That's blueapron.com slash podcast to get your first three meals free. And what they got coming up, we got the honey chipotle glazed chicken, as Ian pointed out. Sounds good. Chrissy Teigen's chipotle lime chicken fajitas with sautéed mushrooms and sweet peppers. I am starving now, and I will definitely get that one if it's still available <laughs> after the podcast. I'm going to get that one. Barbecue vegetable flatbread with, che- with Swiss cheese and the customer favorite sweet chili beef and vegetable stir-fry with garlic rice. Ooh, Ooh that sounds nice. All right, I'm regretting not having breakfast. So, again, one more time, blueapron.com slash see you podcast. Get your first three meals free. Blue Apron is a better way to cook. These days, you can get practically everything you want on demand, just like the CU Podcast. Listen whenever you want, when it's convenient for you and you and you. With Stamps.com, you can have the convenience of the post office and all their amazing services right from your desk, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, when it's convenient for you. You buy and print official U.S. postage for any letter, any package using your own computer and printer, and the mail carrier can pick it up so you don't have to go outside. You can be in your PJs, right, Ian? I can do this while I'm eating cereal? Yes, yes, you can. If yes. You can, if you can eat cereal while also clicking and printing postage, just click print mail. You're done. Couldn't be easier. I've used Stamps.com for, I don't know, five, six years, mailing DVDs, wristbands, buttons, uh, extra Sega CD players I have. Don't ask me why I have extra Sega CDs. I'll lay around and, uh, you know, it's 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 convenient. And you might save a little bit of pennies here and there. So right now there's a special offer using code CU podcast go to stamps.com click on the radio microphone at the top of the homepage and you type in CU podcast you get up to $55 in free postage a digital scale and a four week trial that scale is handy it is handy and it's nice uh, go to stamps.com again before you do anything else click on the radio microphone at the top of the page type in the code CU podcast stamps.com is the easiest way I found to mail packages it sounds like stamps.com is the stamps.com for you. Ian, we have a, a scumbag. scumbag. Seller. 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 Scumbag seller of the week. Week. This is user Mr. Casual Magical Dragon Wizard. Mr. Dot Casual Dot Magical Dot Dragon Dot Wizard, in case you want to look this person up. So, what they are selling, Ian. This isn't like a rarity. This is a little interesting versus just having ROMs for, you know, your RetroPie. This is a 32 gigabyte SD card for your Nintendo Wii loaded with 20,000 games. Can I just say something? I'd love to start that. It's fantastic when an eBay listing does not start exactly with what it does, but item specifics. This item does not violate any eBay policies. (laughs) As I have simply made a backup of the games in my collection. By bidding, you agree you have these games as well and are purchasing my time and effort to sort the games into a fully loaded SD card. Okay, Mr. Casual Magical Dragon Wizard. Um, yes, you are violating eBay policies. Absolutely. I mean, by they, selling ROMs. They'll probably and, not care, but you and, are. And the backup thing, uh, we can argue about that, but I, I highly doubt that Mr casual magical dragon, dragon wizard, wizard that you own 20,000 games legally yeah I to, to back up uh-huh. and i highly doubt anyone buying this and bidding on this has those 20,000 specific games that exact that exact amount that we don't by the way we don't know the list of the actual games we just have uh, 
different amounts per system. Right, right. So you, we have to know exactly, for this to be legal, those 793 Genesis games, i got to know exactly which ones all they are that I, I have. Can I please have that list so I can make sure that this collection is <laughs> right up to what I have in my very, <laughs> very spacious video game garage? Because everyone buying this is obviously is not looking to violate eBay's policies, absolutely. Uh, and again, you could do whatever the fuck you want, but it's when you're selling and buying ROMs that's when it gets weird for me. Right, I, emulation is fine by me. It's it's just the the fucking nerve of these people it's, that drives me. It's the fucking balls. And if you think it's worth it to pay thirty six dollars for a five dollar uh, SD card, go for it. Yeah, do it. It's fine. Go for it. It's convenient, but it's, yeah, on eBay. <laughs> so you get all the Nintendo, Superboy, whatever. Um, he explains that how all Wii should work, but not the mini Wii. You need the homebrew channel to be installed in your Wii, so you have to have it, you know, hacked, ready to go. Cool, man. Awesome. 20,000 games. Oh, yeah, by the way, we it's funny because he has the arcade games. Yes, of course, the person selling this has all the arcade games. Oh, they do. In the main collection. They have them in their, in their warehouse somewhere. And everyone buying it has all those. Arc- At least they have the arcade boards laying around for all those games. They got that AVP uh, board laying around. So all the Neo Geo boards are stacked in a box somewhere, which means you can legally buy them on an SD card and play them on your Wii. Sure. Anyway. Ponies. <sighs> the- <laughs> Is there anything else we got to drag this one out? Oh, the fucking gonads on. I think on it's interesting thing. that there's only a small amount of Nintendo GameCube games. So the person that gets to realize we're running out of room, I'm only going to give you uh, about 10 GameCube games and about 10 N64 games on here. Uh, you know, I, I think it's weird when it says, "Okay, you have 693 Game Boy games, and then you get like 10 N64 games only, like 12 N64." I really want to go over to Mr. Casual Magical Dragon Wizard's house and play all of his video games. I want to, I want to see his temperature controlled fucking game humidor. I want to see his his vault of 2,990 Commodore 64 discs that he has in a row. Yes, me That's too. A- I wonder if there's any virtual pin mame on here, because that would mean he has a lot of pinball machines 10, as well. Th- okay, 10,457 Atari XL games. Is that right? There's that many Atari computer games? That can't be right. Unless he- you're... He's got him. He's the. <laughs> he's, he's got him. Are, you gonna, are you going to question? I, you know, are you going to question, you know, Mister Casual Magical uh, Dragon Wizard? I'm not going to. I'm not going to question Mister Casual Magical the, the dude, Dragon Wizard. The dude. Got <laughs> it. The dude's a serious collector. The dude is the most. The most serious collector I've seen. <laughs> yes. He, he has sold 19 of these. Uh, well, he's probably going to... People who are listening to this are probably buying more of them. Probably going to do him a favor. Well, yeah. you, know, you know, of course, you could let eBay know about it if you wanted to. You have had six whole positive transactions, Mr. Casual Magical Dragon Wizard. Yeah, you need the pause in there because of the period. Let's see the feedback here. It's okay, there's good There's good feedback. There it's you go. positive. <laughs> we, we Games 20 point Zero 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 is great. G R A T E. Lots of fun. Works good. Thank you. Yes. Yes. The stuff. A. Uh. A. <laughs> A. A plus plus. Highly recommended. Fast ship. All right. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. Maybe you can. Maybe if you go pick this up in per- person in Kansas, you can see the person's great collection that they have there because all these are official backups. But you- that person answers the door in a silk robe. Because they're rich, rich people wear silk robes. <laughs> you can you can go into their 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 great heart shaped pool with a waterfall. Oh yeah, barbecue with them. Yeah, the jacuzzi. The yeah, the, the heart jacuzzi. 
All, All right. right. Well, Mr. Casual... Magical Intestinal... Intestinal <laughs> Dracula. You're the, you're the scumbag son of the week. Magical Casual Intestinal Dracula. All right, Ian, it's time for the, the Patreon whole Q&A topic. And you know how to access the uh, CU Podcast Patreon. See... <laughs> Yes, it's been the one, a few months since. <laughs> so Patreon.com <laughs> slash CU Podcast. It's actually been two in a row that Ian did that correctly. Recount back to zero. Number of er- uh, days on the on the work job place without an accident. On okay. the work job. In, in second place with 27% was, have you ever uh, had a person be nasty online? Only be nice in person. In third place was nachos. What constitutes a good plate? Barbecue acceptable? I'm shocked that we don't have more nacho support there. I'm a little surprised as well. And the winner with 57% in a landslide. If you could travel back in time, what currently hard-to-get item would you buy? I guess video game related. Not, not We're not going back to get Biff's Almanac, Sports Almanac. Because that would probably be a thing that you'd want to do, but in the opposite. You want to give your younger Ian a future Almanac. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> so I would... Um, I've been thinking about it. Uh Game Boy stuff. Game Boy stuff is what I want. I have a Game Boy. I, it's not. Look, it's just. It's what I want, and I don't want to pay for it now. No, it's a cadence in how you said it. Game Boy stuff. Game Boy stuff is what I want. Game Boy <laughs> stuff is what I want. It's what I want. Game Boy. Um. So. <laughs> uh, I I remember, uh, teenage Ian, and I have one now. So teenage it's, mutant. It's, it's, it's okay Ian. now. But I remember looking at the um, a listing in a magazine for and seeing the Game Boy Light, the one that wrapped the, the, the curly. No, no the, one? the 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 import only Game Boy Light. Oh, the ga- the console. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Why don't we get that one? Because Nintendo hates us. We're unloved. And uh, I remember wanting one so bad, and I remember them being available through an import shop for like. I think it was like 80 bucks at the time they were trying to get rid of you know their stock or something like that and i wanted one and i didn't get one and i regretted it forever and then i finally got one and it's now my favorite thing that i have video game related wise close to it um, okay but then it would only cost you 80 bucks back then what was what does it cost now uh the one that i have is like a 350 to 500 dollar game boy they go for that much the original the, well, the Pokemon Center ones do. But yeah, the oh. Game Boy Lights are expensive. I'm trying to find one. Because now when you search for light, you get different things here. Uh, please read. There was a limited Toys R Us Game Boy? I had no idea. I don't know anything about these different Game Boys. No, it's $110 you can get it for. You know, they're not $300. You got a special one. Yeah. $110. So you'd be saving 30 bucks going back in the expensive time machine to get it. Well, the expensive one... <laughs> You're not looking at this. Game Boy Light Japan one. It's $110. Is that it? That's no, it. I'm referring to the special edition one. Oh, okay. Yeah. You gotta be... Okay. So what's the special edition one? You're talking uh, about Pokemon? The, uh, yeah, the Pokemon Center one. Pokemon. So that was $80 back then, you mean? Not the regular one. I believe that was the one that was... Yeah, relatively cheap. Okay. Not up there. Okay, sign up here. Okay. Either way, Ian, Ian has a... He's got meager, meager uh, goals when it comes. Yeah, to I don't. Travel. I don't have huge aspirations for collecting. I just want the stuff that I can't get now. So, 
Game Boy stuff that I would have bought new. Anything else besides the the light Game Boy Pokemon Special Edition? 100% would have bought those Turbo Duos that were uh, sealed at uh, the place I used to go to in Canada. Um, what did they cost back then? Like 100 bucks? 150 bucks, brand new. Wow. Well, 100, $120 Canadian. So actually probably about like... At that bucks. point in time, about ninety. Nice. Yeah, about. Would 90. you bring them all back in the time machine and sell them and make that make that sweet money? Yeah, I would. I'd take them you right to a convention all. and flip the fuck out of them. Said Neo Geo's never got that cheap, even back in the nineties. No, they had uh, some Neo Geo Gold systems there that were, uh, I think, like two hundred Canadian. I mean, which was still insanely cheap. Um, that was also where I was picking up like sealed boxed NES games for like sealed. five. Like five ten bucks, including I think that's where I got my Ducktales two and my Chip and Dale two. I mean, we talk- I just I just opened them. I mean, are we talking going back in time to make profit, like going back and buying all the Steam events at the time. Or are we are we talking getting stuff just so we enjoy it? Like, what are we talking here? What's what's the goal here? What do you really? Well, mean? if we could just go back and enjoy it, I'd probably get myself a case of uh, Bubble Play, the uh, ice cream. I don't know what that is. Okay, novelty ice cream from the ice cream truck. I get that. Bubble play. It's the big red mitt with the gumball right in the center. Didn't have that one. We had the frog with the with the gumball eyes and Mickey Mouse and all that. We didn't have the, we didn't have the glove. We had the rocket ice ice. I, 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 oh man, bomb pops were so good. They still uh, make the rocket red, white, and blue. Uh, they sure do. Ice pop. They sure do. It's like I got them in my freezer right now. Um, I, I, in terms of getting stuff to enjoy, I think it's. Uh, I'm gonna look at the, look at this as what did I want as a kid that I couldn't have? I fucking wanted a Neo Geo system. I thought that would have been the coolest thing ever to have an actual arcade system to own that. And I was jealous. I think I knew one kid who, who had one or said he had one. Rich fuck. Uh, I, 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 when I saw that in like the, the service merchandise or Sears catalog, you know, I was like, holy shit. This, this is the best video games will ever be. You know, playing Neo Geo stuff. Come on. I don't know if we had that, Ian. I'm, I'm being honest. I don't know if we had that. We, crazy. We had, the, we had all the other ones. All the other gumball variety ones. We had the Ninja Turtle Pops. We had the, the Frog ones. We had all that. Goddamn crazy, man. Okay. Uh, you didn't buy me one. Um, but I think that's what I... If, if I had my druthers, I think that's what I would have bought. I would have got a Neo Geo uh, you know, console when it came out. What was that, 93? I would have gotten that. I'm trying to find... Uh, 92, 93. I'm going to try to find you the answer here. It's uh, Okay, it was kind of this. Yeah. Does anyone remember seeing? Uh, do you remember seeing this thing? This thing. This is a. This is a. This is not visual. This podcast. It was. It was similar to this. They used to be in the Death, Sears okay. catalogs it, all the time. Ian is showing me. This is how you describe for the radio or podcast. It's a marble roller coaster. It's an FAO Schwartz, uh, like connects looking roller coaster. And I, I, there used to be one that was in all the Sears catalogs. Okay. All the Sears catalogs growing up. The brand names too. Did you ever have brand names where you were? Yeah, brand okay, never mind. No, that was definitely a Buffalo thing. Well, like Acme? What do you mean? No, brand names. It's called brand names. No. Brand names home for the holidays. By the way, speaking of Buffalo, uh, Raw was in was in Buffalo uh last night, or was it last week? Either way, Elias comes up on and he does his little twang, and then he kinda just looks like concerned. He's like he's like, sorry, 
I got a little depressed, everyone, for a second. I didn't know where I was, and I realized I was in Buffalo. It was fucking hysterical how he <laughs> delivered it. I love Elias. It was last night, I think, because someone sent me the it, clip, it and I, fucking, I haven't watched it yet. And the announcers just lose it. The announcers love Elias, because he like when he talks trash, they love it. Anyway, sorry. Anyways, I lost my train of thought. That's the <laughs> one thing I always wanted as a kid that I knew I was never going to get, because it was going to be a pain in the ass to put it together. That's not a video game thing, though. No, it's not. Okay, for mine, it's a Neo Geo console. That's what it would have been, AES. I think that's what it, that would have been like my dream console as a kid to play Super Spy on my TV and actually beat it, not throw quarters in or King of the Monsters or something like that. Anyway, so Eans is a, a, a glove pop and a something else. I don't know what the fuck we're going with this. Anyway, if you want to access the CU Podcast Patreon, it's patreon.com slash CU Podcast. And then we almost didn't do this one enough justice, I don't think. But it's a fun one. It's fun. All right. Q&A time on the CU Podcast. This is from at Reno Collector. With the undeniable success of the Switch, do you guys think Sony and Microsoft will release a hybrid console as well? If they do, do you think that would be a good idea or a bad one? No, it would be a bad idea. Um, I think it's possible that they would look into it. For whatever reason, I think Sony would look into it more than Microsoft, but I don't think either of them, if they're smart, would actually follow through with it. Um, for a couple of reasons. One, you're hamstringing your performance power by making it both a portable and a console. And both of those companies are very much kind of obsessed with their the, the graphic output, the performance output, the the 4K and all that stuff. Um they're, they're very big into the AV side of it. Whereas Nintendo's like, let's make the thing that can play the games that we want to make for people. Um, and I don't think either Microsoft or Sony are in the market right now to consider a split portable sure. and a console. Even if their split portable could also be docked. Their hybrid portable could be docked. I don't think they're. I don't think either of them are in the position right now, video game market wise, to be focusing on that much stuff. No, and if one does it, they'll see their market to the other folk because I don't see them. I don't think see someone going going back to the point where they're going to have two different versions of all the games. Right. On like the you know the Vita version and the you know PS3 version. I don't see that happening. No, I don't either. Um, and then Microsoft just no straight off um, because they're more focused now. That, you know their PC slash console so that's where their market is uh i'll tell you what though this switch has made it possible because now the switch has now opened up a lighter portable version of these AAA titles that could be easily then put on another branded game console say say sony wanted to do a something as powerful as a switch companies would be much more likely to because now the switch exists i don't think it's going to happen still but now they've reopened that market up they've opened the conversation well that kind of goes to my to the other point I would make Nintendo Nintendo doing something successfully doesn't necessarily mean that any other company can and we've seen seen that in the past Um, and that was with the Wii Um, the Wii was derided and made fun of and I mean even Microsoft and uh, Sony you know came out and you know they made fun of the Wii remotes and you know there was the uh, the um Oh, I can't remember. Said something about it so looking like a lollipop. Looks like a lollipop, lollipop. And then they come out with the, the PS Move, which looks, looks like, like a lollipop, lollipop more than a Wiimote ever did. To just bring it back around, 
so even when Sony and Microsoft obviously did the Kinect, a little bit different, but still, it was their way of trying to jump into the motion world to try to get a piece of that Nintendo pie. And they did it too late. And when they did it, people had already lost interest in the motion control, the motion control craze. I think if they jumped into it, they would not be able to capture what made the Switch unique, wouldn't have that same Nintendo feel, and they would also lose their strength, which is graphics and their online communities and things like that. So it's not a knock against Sony or Microsoft. Nintendo has never been great with the that whole triple a pro gamer shine that you know sony and microsoft lacquer onto everything they do Mm -hmm. and nintendo doesn't really always try to force out you know the highest quality in terms of graphics i don't know that there's a reason for there's really no reason for microsoft or sony to try to jump in to that i think they would get bit in the ass okay that's that's fair enough yeah i I think that uh yeah the it's too much, probably R and D. Too much time's already passed. You know, I, I think too much time is. I, I think the big. I think that's a big thing. I don't think anyone saw the switch being this big of a success. I knew it was going to be a success, but not this big. So maybe if they realized it, Sony and Microsoft, they would have prepared for this. But they probably figured, ah, whatever. Nintendo's going to fail again because the Wii U failed, and that's what some a lot of people uh, thought. Unfortunately, and I'll still say they're wrong till the end of time because they were so bold in their predictions, like that fucking Atlantic article that was pretentious. By that guy named Ian. Not this Ian, another Ian. But anyway, so yeah, I think it's too late, too costly, and they don't want to split up their uh their resources. And that's it. This is from Victor Hemsley. Victor Hemsley. How people How can people claim Star Wars fatigue is already set in after one movie a year while Marvel pumps out three movies a year and is still doing great? Well, uh, Victor, the fact of the matter is that those three Marvel movies that come out a year are different. They have uh, different genres for the most part. They have different characters. They have different tones to them that sort of bounce around. So, for example, this year you have uh, Black Panther, you have Infinity War, and you have Ant-Man and the Wasp, which are three radically different movies from one another. Yes, they all have superhero movies. Did you say Thor? Thor was in the fall. But if you want to put, throw in Thor, that's fine. Oh, okay. Thor was November. Let's throw in Thor. Let's throw in Thor as well. Just it, it, Thor, definitely forced radically, radically different movies in tone, in style, in setting, um, and in terms of what type of movies they are. Thor's like a uh, space action comedy. Black Panther is a sort of action thriller with some sort of political side to it. Um, Infinity War is a gigantic, bombastic action film that's insanely huge in scale and Ant-Man the Wasp is a smaller action comedy heist movie so to speak yeah they so, all have action but I mean that's yes. that's the only that's really the only linking um it's the only thing that links them yes and when you look at something like Thor the action was pretty mild as well one of the things that I loved so much about Ragnarok was um and I said it immediately as the movie finished because I was so worried that they were going to um, kill it. Was the end of the end of Thor Ragnarok, the final f- battle? Because there's always got to be a final battle. Was yeah. like it was an afterthought. It was just like it was still it, big though. But you're right. Yeah, though, but, it but, like... but it was succinct. It was it was very. It was like ten minutes. It was it just 
it didn't it didn't hamper the ending it didn't it didn't act like it was it had to be there it was exactly what it needed to be sure but the difference is that like like comic books these are all different comic books they all when you buy an ant-man comic book or a thor or spider-man they all are different they're not cookie cutter star wars movies are almost cookie cutter now that we've had three six eight ten star wars movies not counting the tv movies you know what you're getting when you watch a star wars movie you know exactly what you're going to get. You're getting stormtroopers. You're getting TIE fighters and X-wing type crafts. And you're getting a fucking lightsaber. You know, no, a lightsaber in every. I don't. I haven't seen the Han Solo movie. Is there a lightsaber in it? If not, that'd be the first Star Wars movie without a fucking lightsaber because they managed to put it in, in Rogue One. Um, you get the lightsabers and you get lasers and you get a sort of a lower intelligence political sort of uh, scene. It's it's not that abstract or that complex what's going on. You have good, you have evil. And you get the same movie recycled over and over again. And I think that's what people are tired of, especially when they keep bringing back the same characters. And these movies have not been that different from each other in terms of how they look and feel. And the action isn't that different. So I think that's what the fatigue is. And I think the the misstep with with the Han Solo movie because this is the first Star Wars movie that's that's losing money out of all of them. Right. When you look at it, first of all, they put it out only five months after another Star Wars movie, which is is stupid. They should have waited a full year. They should not have rushed it. Uh, and there was trouble with this one that they they threw out the directors and got Ron Howard to come in and film a chunk of it. There was trouble with the first uh, standalone movie. I think they have to be really smart with these standalone films to make something interesting, not just saying, oh, we want to see young Yoda. No one wants to see young Yoda. No one wants to see young Han Solo, apparently. You know, is is, is young Kenobi interesting? I don't know. Get Ewan McGregor back, it might be interesting, but can we do something different? I really love the idea that was kibosh when Lucas sold Star Wars of having a Star Wars TV show. I think that would have been extremely interesting because it would have been easier to do off-kilter stories yes. set in the universe, but not all fucking Jedis and not all the same characters, but a different age version of them. Something, give me something different. Give me a drama of a family, a trading family just existing with the rebellion going on and playing one side against the other. Something a little more complex. And these movies are not complex. They really are not. They're just... Uh, fantasy films with swords and lasers going on with a little pastiche of of political you know intrigue but it's really just good versus evil and I think people are, are at least in my estimation just be like okay it's sort of like the emperor doesn't have any clothes anymore because now it's like okay what else can you do with these at least with these main movies you can't do that much else you can't I mean with the new with the new movies the, the argument I see which I agree with I, I don't understand the level of vitriol with The Last Jedi but the argument is to me pure that the these new the new trilogy almost makes it like the first the, the original trilogy doesn't fucking matter anymore because nothing changed you still have the evil empire versus re- a rebellion so what's the point of these new movies and I totally see that they should have went in a totally different direction I thought and should have said we're going to start from scratch almost it's almost no point in bringing back the old characters if you're going to do that because what they did didn't matter in the original trilogy unless you want that to be sort of thing like well nothing only matters what we did didn't matter everyone fucking dying didn't matter here we are again so i think that's what people are tired i think they're starting to realize that there's not a lot of not a lot of substance to this stuff i mean i knew that as a star wars fan going back and and the prequels to me showed that there wasn't any substance uh to this but the, the new movies i think people are just like okay what can we do differently 
So you know they announced a new, a new trilogy that's going to be totally separated from Skywalker, and so I'm like, okay, that could be interesting. But then is that really Star Wars, or that's just a totally different story? Well, no, that can totally be Star Wars, I think. But if it's a, to- but if it's a different part of the galaxy, not related, then is it really Star Wars? I mean, shared tech, shared races, shared weapons, stuff like that. Well, from my read, it's different part of the galaxy or different galaxy that it's. I don't know. Either way, to me, it's like that becomes, that becomes like Dune at that point. You know, I don't. Know, you have any thoughts about the about the people getting burnt out or not caring as much? Or I mean, people so people will always care about Star Wars. Don't get me wrong. Um, I mean, all I would say is I I, I don't have that. I I don't know that my uh, thoughts on it are are quite that um, intense. I would say that maybe a lot of, I think, it... Because I think some of the things that you've said about Star Wars do actually apply to Marvel movies. I think the problem is Star Wars is, as you said, a bit more singular in focus. And I think some of the burnout comes from there's been a lot of fallout over... Um, some of the past Star Wars movies, starting with The Force Awakens. It's been very... um, The clash of old fans, new fans, uh, if you want to call them fans. uh, Old fans, new fans, the the people who are constantly bickering. I think it's just... It's so in the... Maybe in the public eye of the people who pay attention to this stuff that they're just getting sick of hearing about Star Wars in general. I think that's part of it. I think that the fact that these new movies hasn't had a singular vision... Uh, even though it was a disaster in execution, uh, Lucas had a vision for the prequels. For these new movies, there is no fucking vision. When you when you, when you hear J.J. Abrams say like, "Oh yeah, we wrote about Snoke and Ray, but we didn't. We we just wrote it for a movie. We had no idea where it would go after that." So then uh, Rian Johnson comes in and does whatever the fuck he wants. And now J.J. comes back for the third movie and has to pick up the pieces from the end of the second one. And that's not not how you do a multi-billion dollar franchise you better have an idea of where their story is going before you do this or you can potentially have these people that are like what the fuck are you doing um going from movie to movie and because they, they are when you look at them individually the force awakens is like yeah you can say yeah it's a retread of, of star wars then you go to the last jedi and it's it's different i'm not saying different is bad but what are we doing movie to movie here and i don't think the the, the directors don't know or at least people behind it don't know. They're just like softballing it out there. You can do whatever you want with it. But you have to be careful. At least with Marvel, they know exactly what each movie is years before it's going to come out. They know exactly what that movie's going to be. Well, I'm not sure we're at that point right now. With, with Marvel? Well, no, they know what movies. they got to sure. wait for this. We know what's going to happen. Oh, they know what's going to happen. They have scripts ready. And come on. They can't sure, say anything. Sure, they do, but... This is going to get weird if this goes for another six months, though, and we don't have a, that merger with Fox and Disney. That, then it's going to get weird. Like, they got to have this go lickety split. Right That's now, what I'm saying. That, yeah. that, I mean, this situation could very quickly happen to Marvel. But you're just talking about the movies that they want to make that they can't until things happen. Well, I'm, yes, yeah. I'm sure they have the backup plan in action. But Sure. But, you know, they, they, have, they have that secret Fantastic Four script ready to go right here. Written by me and Frank. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can you imagine a proper Doctor Doom in the MCU? How I, good that would I be! I do love Doom. Like just that, just <sighs> it's a good guy. An, an actual good like Human Torch thing combo, and Mister Fantastic and Invisible Woman like oh, warms my heart. God, it's just like <laughs> God. That would be then I could die. Let alone Frank, I could fucking die. So that's the that's the quintessential Marvel comic. Fantastic Four. Anyway. All right. Um, what else are we doing here? 
Okay, this is from at uh, Letty Metal. As each system's games rise and fall in price, is there a sweet spot for when they get into each? A pattern slash formula? Thinking we and OG Xbox are good right now, but SNES and N64 are peaking ellipsis. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't think anyone really wants to hear this, uh, but I, I mean, if you want to buy for a system, I think it's probably the previous generation uh, as the current generation is nearing its end. Uh, so like five years in the six, seven years in the past? Is when stuff yeah. Really cheap is? If you want to know what you could probably buy for Jesus, next to nothing at flea markets right now, PS3 games, yes. Xbox 360 games, there is nothing I want to see less at the store right now than Xbox 360, PS3, and Wii games. Because we have shit tons of them. They sell for nothing. I can't offer anything for them. And they're just... It, it's it's what everyone is jettisoning. Jettison, the word Jettison, right now. Yeah. It's what everyone is... That right now. And um, I'm tripping over my fucking tongue. Uh, so that, that's really where it is. Uh, if you want to get Wii stuff, you get it now. You know, and, um, you know, OG Xbox, you know, you're already into the, you're already at the point where some of that stuff's getting more expensive. You know, there are already games on the Xbox, the original Xbox that are, if you wanted them and you wanted them cheap, it's too late. That outrun 2006, I think it is. That's stupid expensive now. Um, Do I have that? Was that on PS2? Yeah. Or the PS2 one. Sealed, I think I found. It's either, it was either 2006 or Coast to Coast on the Xbox, so it was really expensive. I can't remember which one. Um, so that, so the people are starting to realize summer games are, are fun and they're hard to find, and most of those have gone up. Okay. And that's kind of it's kind of been that way for original Xbox. And, uh, Can we just call it OG Box? Can I coin that? It's like OG Box kind of flows. I'm just going to call it Xbox from now on, because people just OG Box. fucking get used to it. Um but no, Xbox, no. PS2, that sort of that sort of stuff has, you know, value has been picking up on that. There are things that I think you can look at on PS3 and Xbox 360 and go, yeah, that's probably going to go for something a little bit later. But they're not right now. You know, a lot of games for those systems can be had for five, ten bucks or less. So you can get a it looks like it was called Outrun 2006 Coast to Coast on PS2. Let me see what the Xbox one was. Sorry. That might be that. Or Outrun 2. It might just be Outrun 2 on the Xbox not the Coast to Coast one. There's one of them. Outrun 2. It's 20 bucks. Okay, then it's not It's not worth much. It's not that. No, there. trust me, there's one that's expensive. Okay, that's not the one. Yeah, it's one of the Outruns. There um, was an Outrun. Okay, Outrun 2006 Coast to Coast was on the Xbox. That looks like it's hard to find. Yeah. Or harder to find. Harder to find. It's probably like 50 to 80. Um, sealed <laughs> ones are expensive. <laughs> so, anyways, you're already going too far back if you're thinking, you know, two generations behind. It's really, it's, it's, it's really the generation prior as we move into the next generation is when you want to start buying that stuff. And the reason why it's all cheap is because no one wants it. Everyone wants something just a little bit older. There's nothing attractive or or alluring about the games that you just stopped playing. Sure. So I guess we're talking about someone to get into at a cheap price to play versus collector and or both, I guess. Um, or then you wait again for, you know, 30 years later when people don't care anymore. Or starting to care less. 
That's the other. That's the other. <laughs> I guess because that's the other pattern. Yeah, that's happened with Atari now NES and yeah. If you want to play the long game, you can play the play Atari. The you can play the Atari long. Game. You play the Atari long game, and unless you're uh, a hack on Storage Wars, you know that's those those cards worth a dollar each after <laughs> thirty years, not ten. So, all right, uh, and then our last Q and A here on the CU podcast is from uh, Extreme J two thousand. Extreme J2000. My local movie trading company is selling bootleg cartridges as emulation. And he tweeted the pictures to this. And it's something I'm finding hard to believe here in the pictures, Ian. Yeah, it's awful. <laughs> this picture says, okay, oh my god. Oh, it hurts. So the cartridges are bootleg cartridges. I and see, I they, see they have a price. I'm sorry, I'm stuck on the fucking price tags. That also. Okay. And they say they have prices on them, and then next to the price tags, they have stickers that say, I'm an emulation. Written in, in Sharpie. I'm an emulation. <laughs> and the one we're looking at is two uh, Zelda Link to the Past Super Nintendo cartridges that are. are uh, $29.99 for a counterfeit Legend of Zelda. That's what the game goes for non-counterfeit. And then the, all, the other picture is a bunch of Pokemon uh, Leaf Green and GBA Ruby, Ruby uh, versions. That Ruby hurts me. Like, just to see it from here. So the good news is that they have them on sale. Uh, so originally they were 30, 35 and $39. Sale, 19 and $70. But underneath it, Ian... I'm in emulation. They have this Again. On, on cardboard and like a star pattern written, I'm in emulation. Okay, grammatically, it's totally incorrect, right? First of all, I'm in emulation. Are um, they trying to be cute? I don't know. No, actually, gra- gra- grammatically, it actually is correct. But, okay, it's not emulation. It's it's counterfeit because you're not emulating anything. You're emulating a real, a real authentic product, if you want to say that. I'm emulating an actual product. I'm emulating a legal product. <laughs> this is counterfeit games. You're, it's not emulation. The digital information is the same, but there's no emulation in the actual hardware going on. It's original hardware using. It's a counterfeit game. I'm a counterfeit cartridge is what the sign should say here. Uh, movie trading company based in, uh, where are they based in? Texas here? Wow. This, well, at least, okay, they're based in Texas. I don't know where this local one is. Is that just bizarre? I mean, I remember you you weren't on the the podcast when I called out a a major uh, what the hell were they fuck Fifth and Charles? Mm-hmm. They actually contacted me, Fifth and Charles. Did I tell oh, yeah? you about this? No, this is one where this is where Ian was cut off to the world in the podcast. They contacted me because they were selling, you know, allegedly they were selling you know counterfeit games, but marked up like panic restaurants and stuff, and you know. And this is just bad when you get. This is one of the 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 bad aspects of non uh, non gaming chains or non retro game even g- GameStop. When you're not an expert and you sell just music CDs and DVDs, that's shit that no one's really counterfeiting anymore, and it's easy to to know and to test it anyway. But if someone starts bringing in games from 35 different retro gaming consoles, the people behind the counter aren't experts enough to know whether or not it's bullshit that they're getting and they're paying full price for it. And this is a, this is this is called a movie trading company. So they're probably like, oh yeah, we're going to make games off of this. Of, of we're going to make we're going to make games. We're going to make money off these retro games, but we don't know what the hell we're doing. 
the same way GameStop did once I got back into the retro game scene. So that's what it is. Anytime I see Pokemon cartridges like that, I feel like they were bought for money. They didn't realize what it was, and of then course. they see what it is, and then they feel like they've got to try to make that money back. And it's like, no, it's sunk cost. You lost that money, and it's not worth damaging your credibility. I think we should make CU Podcast I'm an emulation shirt. <laughs> I'm an emulation. CU Podcast. I'm an emulation. That'd be good. That'd be great. Well, you can go on their website. It's actually a re of what? VintageStock.com. Is that right? And you can get the Heavy Rain Director's Cut new for $15 on PS3 if you want. So there you go. All right. I, oh, actually, now I'm seeing their list of old games on the site. Ooh, wait a second, Ian. You can shop for N64 games on the site. This is a very GameStop-esque site. Is this owned by GameStop? You can get... Uh, they have Twisted Edge for five ninety nine. They have uh, Pokemon Snap for twenty four ninety nine. So they have a website. I am not totally familiar with this chain. Movie Trading Company. I'm not. Yep, it goes to VintageStock.com. There you go. A- anything else to add to this? No, it's just it's bad. It's just bad? It's just bad. They haven't updated their, updated their copyright since 2013 on the bottom of the page, which I always forgot to do on my old website. So, all right. How many locations do they have? Real quick. I want to remember, pretend I know something about this. Uh, locations. They have, uh, looks like a bunch in the Midwest. Missouri. They're around. Kansas. Arkansas. Illinois. Uh, yeah. There you go. Midwestern. Uh, one, looks like there's about 25 of these. So okay, figured it out. But, the roller coaster thing with the marble that Jesus I always Christ, wanted. Ian. Yes, space rail. Why don't you go on eBay and buy one, Ian? Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll buy one for your birthday. Your birthday's coming what? August. Uh, August ninth. I'll August be 9th. flying in the air to Game On Expo. By the way, we're going to be at Game On Expo. We are going to be at Game On Expo. August tenth, eleventh, and twelfth. Twelfth. Yep. Three days. Exactly. We're going on a Thursday. Thursday night. We're flying out on uh, Thursday. We're flying on Thursday. We yeah. are. We get to spend Thursday night there. Is there yeah. a Cheddar's in there? I don't think there's a Cheddar's. I'm not going to Cheddar's on my birthday. I didn't say... I... Okay. <laughs> Wish Ian a happy birthday in Phoenix. With 115 degree weather. Okay. Ah! So I think that's it for this uh, CU podcast, right? Yep. Oh, this was fun. <laughs> Fucking space rail. Only an hour and a half. Wow, this is an economical CU podcast. Good for Pat, because Pat has to edit this shit. And I have to edit in our, our nice sponsor reads. We're yes. proud to partner with Dollar Shave Club. By proud the way. partners. Proud partners. Proud, proud to be working with Dollar Shave Club. Proud to be working with uh, the stamp people. The stamp people. <laughs> and the food people. I'm proud yeah. to be working with the people who give us nutrition. And uh, come back to us. That's it. Fruit bars, come back to us. Please come back to us. Like, that's it. We're like scorn lovers now at this point. Um, I miss those chocolates so badly. Oh, they were so good. i got to find where they still actually sell them. So uh, reasonably priced. <laughs> Re- check, reasonable amounts of calories. Check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash see podcast. You get on the Discord. Do it. Uh, Ian will talk to you once a month in, in face-to-face. Then his computer will crash afterwards. <laughs> Jesus H. Don't worry. I, you know, our faces are still up on there. I, I had it. Woo. Anyway. Look at that head of hair on Pat. People are like, why is Pat's head bigger? It's not the head's not bigger. The head's are the same. It's the hair that's bigger. Yeah. <laughs> Pat's, Pat's got a, a bigger fro. I got I got a poofy hair. Um, if you're at Comic-Con, you know, say hi to us. We'll be around. Yes. You know? Let me know if you're going to be there. Because it'll 
increase my chances of going on Saturday. Yeah, yell, yell through your speakers. Ian will hear you. That's what we'll do. Or find us on Twitter. I have that. the twatters. The, the twatters. Um, other than that, oh yeah, we're going to be at a game on Expo, and then we're going to be in Jersey in September. After that, Jersey, which we can still have to book a flight. So I have to go eat 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 some foods because that power part doesn't count. Um, well, anything else going on? Oh, I'm going to start. I'm going to try to start on Twitch. I get the computer going. I'm going to try to start uh, sometime next week on Twitch, and then uh, I'll probably try to edit a food market madness within the next month to work on that final backlog. Because I ain't filming them anymore. Because ain't nothing. You know what? I could have actually filmed on Sunday. I could have actually filmed an episode, Should've. like Should've. a small one without Frank. But you know. All right. So for Ian Ferguson, I'm Pat Contry at Castle Country. Take care. We'll see you next week. Ta-ta.